When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right. Welcome into the bi-week edition of the Tailgate. My name is Chris Plank. Thanks so much for listening. We have a busy show for you today. It might be a football bye week, but it's a big weekend for the Sooner volleyball team. We haven't had a chance to go in-depth on what Lindsey Gray Walton's team is doing, so we'll talk to one of her stars, Alyssa Inneking is coming up on the podcast later on. The senior outside hitter has become just the 14th Sooner in the history of this program to reach 1,000 career, career kills. That's kind of hard to say, career kills. Got to really slow down on it. But Alyssa is coming up later on in the program. And we'll break things down from the football perspective with Jessica Cootie. But I wanted to start with an introduction to Ruffin McNeil. If you haven't heard the coach over the last couple of years on the Coach's Corner, or if you haven't watched his post-practice availability, which has been up on Soonersports.tv, if, if you want to look back, it was two weeks ago when he was on the Coach's Corner with us. All those are available in the archive at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. It was a really fun conversation, and he's got an incredible personality. His enthusiasm is infectious, and obviously just a very wise man when it comes to defense. He's the new defensive coordinator, and for the first time, he entered the Red Room and met with the media to talk about his new role on Tuesday night. What do you think about all this? This is, uh, has to be pretty startling for you, even for you. Well, you know, uh, Mike and I got along great, and he's, uh, we've been friends for a long time, since 2000. It was a surprise, but 
we've been through this, Lincoln and I, on another couple of occasions, you know, before um, the interim part or the new part, we've adjusted that. And uh, the staff, been around the staff and the kids, that helped uh, help the transition. And uh, so the first two days, we've been getting to know one another. Ruffin, <laughs> what does it feel like to have the interim tag again? And are you, uh, is it interesting to you at all that this kind of keeps happening to you that you're you're put in these situations? I call it a blessing. Uh, I'm grateful and honored to be here at OU first, uh, but the interim doesn't bother me. Um, I love challenges. I love opportunities even more than challenges. So uh, after the first time, you wonder what it is. Second time, before the <laughs> Alamo Bowl, you, you wonder what it is, but. Sometimes you get trained for situations like this. What did you learn from the situation in 2007 when you took over, what, four games into the season? Um, I've always believed in first beginning what I believe in personally as a, as a coach, and um, I always will be myself. You, a lot of you have interviewed me before. I, I will never change. And uh, the first things I want to make sure is that uh, get the kids on the same page, all the boys on the same page, the staff first, and the boys. And, you know, with me, it's really about when they watch us personally what, what I would like to see. And it's it's a great effort, playing with great fundamentals, being very disciplined, making plays and finishing plays and knowing the game. So that's my first approach. And then I'm a very sequential guy. Uh, so first things first, let's work on making sure we get our effort pillar down and then of course the fundamentals and Lincoln's been great about giving us extra individual time that we needed to give us a chance to work on that and it's 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 fun I haven't gone against Lincoln since uh, uh 2007 2009 season but it it's it's been a um it's been a it's been a deal but like I said, I've been through it before. Ruffin, what does this week give you, just having a bye week that, that maybe not having it, you know, where you know, it might have been a lot more challenging? What, what benefits do you get out of this? I want to say in 2007, we didn't have one. Uh, but for, for us having one this time, going through the schedule that we've gone through, getting kids a chance to heal up, for one, but also the thought process that would be a little different. And... Um, uh, getting a chance to get the internal pillars uh, implemented and not have to worry about preparing for opponent exactly right now. It's been good versus good every day, uh, and that that's helped us. So the bye week gives a chance to heal up first, but also just get used to one another. Not mentioned in that cut was that Ruffin's going to stay in the press box. Bob Diaco will stay on the field where he'll actually be able to be more hands-on with the outside linebackers. So a weekend off for football, obviously a big change, but good stuff there from Ruffin McNeil. And we'll be set for TCU. If you missed the announcement on Monday, that will be an 11 a.m. start for the Sooners and the Horn Frogs a week from Saturday. All right, it was a pretty wild Sunday for those that – you know, haven't heard from Jess in a week. We didn't have our featured podcast this week. No feature, I believe, this week. So Jessica Cootie joins us to take us in-depth on a wild weekend for her. So Jess, first and foremost, welcome back to the tailgate. I'm curious, what was Sunday like for you? Because you had the Lincoln Riley show, and then obviously big news breaks later that afternoon. What was that environment? What was that like on Sunday for you? 
Well, um, we I actually it came up came out I feel like a lot later than it was when it was wrapped. So it was kind of um, I don't I mean like you just think maybe it was a loss. I, maybe looking back now, you can say that maybe you knew something was going to go down. But I just I just don't know with Coach Riley. He just handles um, you know everything so well. He's so poised in these situations and. You know, um, he's so media savvy that um, I don't know if, if anyone could have expected just by the interaction that I had with him, you could have known something like that was going to happen. I just don't, I just really don't think anybody could have. So um, we did a couple of things with him. Uh, actually, just did a little quick thing with him after the show. Um, you know, he went through all of his show. And again, you know, he handled it, um, you know, answering um answering the questions about the game, you know, going through, he does such a great job of, um, you know, after he sees uh, the film kind of revisiting things that maybe he didn't answer in a press conference or whatnot, or, um, you know, so hearing him walk through the game and, and some of the things that um, were kind of uh, pretty critical, some game changers, some could have been game changers, you know, it's, uh, I thought he handled everything so well that, um, you know, you're thinking about how he's handling, you know, a loss and, um, you know, a loss maybe you don't expect that I didn't ever for a second think that the thing that it was going to go down um, like it did on Sunday. And you, again, to kind of just double up on that with Jess, that's how Lincoln handles things. You can never truly grasp because he stays he stays very level. He stays very grounded. And just not only is he having to uh, sit there and go back over a tape and, and for his coaches show, and you know it's excruciating because as he told us in the post game, you know, we're going to watch that tape and realize if we had played like we did in the first three quarters as we did in the fourth quarter, we're having a different conversation right now. So, you know, that's excruciating for him. And then to realize he's doing all this whenever he knows what's going down with one of his buddies and by that the decision that he had to make. I mean, it's kind of incredible looking back that a, a person going through all that is able to keep it all together and do his show. That's how good Lincoln is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of the things that obviously sit out on paper and, um, you know, when you're talking about being able to handle everything that kind of goes into being the coach at the University of Oklahoma. He does it exceptionally well. And, you know, Bob was always really great after a loss, you know, um, which, again, it doesn't happen very often. And But the way that he would come in after, and for his coach's shows following a loss was always the same way, like, you know, the way he handled it. And I think I've heard several media members talk about, you know, his press conferences on Mondays, um, whatever that might be press conferences post game the way that Bob handled those things were also exceptionally well as well and so um, it's part of it and you know it's very rarely do you see team not get beat anymore at least once in a season and so um, a lot of it is how you respond to it and I just I think you got someone one of the best in that category in Lincoln Riley who followed one of the best in Bob Stoops. That was his message hey we've been pretty good after losses here and we've just got to grind and I think the off week the bye week if you will comes at a good time I know there'll be a point on Saturday Jess I'm sure you'll feel this where you'll look at the clock and realize you knew you should be somewhere that always happens on bye weeks where you freak out but do you feel like I do I don't know how you feel I feel like the bye week comes at a good time yeah I think it comes at a great time I mean you look at they've got some 
some guys that are a little beat up and that need some rest. And you're halfway through the season. I mean, that was game six. There's six games left in the regular season from here on out. And normally the bye week comes a little bit earlier. And not saying, I mean, because then it's a grind after that. But um, I just think, yeah, it, it came at a great time when you need to get some guys healthy. They've played such you know, with the Army game and then, you know, that game against Texas. I mean, they've played some games that you got, you need to get back and you need to um, recover and you need to just kind of um, get back to it and kind of, I guess, rest. And, you know, this is coming at a great time for them. And then, you know, you look, you go to TCU, got Kansas State, and, and then it's November, you know, it's championship November, which Oklahoma has also been very good in, um, in the month of November. So, um, you know, again, it's a team that knows how to handle it. It's a team that, um, you know, in, in years past, even before Lincoln Riley, they know how to bounce back and they will, they'll come together and they'll find a way to win, um, you know, to, to win this next game. And, and then they'll take it one game at a time from there. I think one thing you and I both agree on, uh, you've got a very fun personality in Ruffin McNeil taking over, Jess. He's got a unique way of approaching things. He's a very positive guy. And I'm I'm intrigued to kind of see how this plays out because I think he has a great attitude to take over midseason. He's, he's proven he can do it before. Yeah, I mean, and you can tell the way that the players really love him and he's such a positive energy type guy. And, um, you know, so – they they love him and you know everybody on staff loves him it's hard not to so at a time like this where maybe and you know not only you lose you know your coach for a lot of them a guy that recruited him a lot of them the guy the only guy they've ever known of Oklahoma defense sorry my dog's barking um but but more than that I mean it's it's they they're a little, I feel like you could just tell when you were talking to some of those guys post-game is they're just not okay with how they've been playing. And, I mean, like, it's easy to say, and it's easy to say, well, just fix it. But, you know, they are. They're they're frustrated for the way that the performances that they've put on a couple of different game films. And, and so I just think maybe the confidence is down a little bit. You're upset with losing a coach. And so for – this situation, you got to have somebody that can rally uh, the troops in a positive way. And I just feel like Ruffin and Lincoln obviously knows that better than anybody. Ruffin's the guy that can do that. Yeah, you you could not be more correct in the history is there. Sure, it's been a while, but I think he's excited about this. And as he even joked, he said, hey, it's been a while since I've gone up against Lincoln talking about the fun they had in practices. Two things to, to mention here, too, real quick, Jess, and we'll, we'll get a break. Ruffin's going to stay up in the booth. Bob Diaco will remain on the field, and obviously he'll have a role where he can get more involved in the coaching. And Calvin Thibodeau will take over the entire defensive line. I, I, I like all of those moves. I think Ruffin liked having that perspective up high. He told us that on Coach's Corner. I've loved what I've seen from – I haven't had a chance to interview Bob yet. I don't know if you have and Bob Diaco, but I kind of dig his energy. And then Tibbs taking over that whole D-line I think is going to be fun too. And Coach Thibodeau, I feel like he's ready for that. You know, I mean, that was kind of – um, everyone saw the talent in, in him and, you know, up-and-coming D-line coach. And, again, you want to talk about a guy that his players love and adore. <laughs> and um, so I just think that, you know, he's kind of ready. You know, it was kind of an option that when you brought Ruff in to kind of 
break up the DNs and the, the tackles and, you know, um, but th- you're still together. They were still always working together. But, um, you know, I think, you know, and Coach Thibodeau has talked about how much he's learned from, from Coach Ruff. And so I think you – and all of them, even Mike Stoops is saying it, um, you know, Lincoln has said it, the way that Coach Thibodeau has grown, especially – as a coach since he's been here at Oklahoma, I think he's ready for that. I think he's, he's more than capable to handle the, the whole D line now. So um, I, I really enjoy coach Thibodeau too. And I know I can tell for, you know, when I go out to practices, you know, the, the defensive line, a lot of times are the last ones on the field and it's not even, sometimes it's not even working. It's, you know, they're kind of gathered up um, just as a group, you know, whether that be, talking about something that happened, you don't know. I mean, I'm not in the huddle, but the way that they kind of gather and come together and just kind of, um, you know, it's a close-knit group as well. Everyone talks about the secondary, but the D-line's very close as well. And I think that's shown they've played pretty well, you know, through the games. And so I think um, the way that they've really come along is, is in large part a big nod to Calvin Thibodeau. Jess, I know it's a laid-back week, but what is the feature for this week for you? I'm working on my feature for next week, and um, uh, then another, it's a big recruiting week. Oh, my goodness, I got to my Uh-oh. phone. Man big recruiting week, you know, um, the coaches have all hit the road, and um, so, uh, or will have hit the road later on in the week. So we've got some videos to come out to kind of help with that, and I'm working on one of them. Pretty cool. Um you know, I've talked a lot about uh, the kind of the closeness of the um, defensive backs and the secondary and how um, really close-knit they are in that room. And um, it kind of <laughs> it carries on to the parents. And so, cool. and not just the parents of the, the defensive backs, but especially the um, Sooner 17 class. Um, they're really, really kind of a close-knit group. Um, and so they kind of had a big tailgate uh baylor week and we're just kind of showing like the family atmosphere of um what it's like not just with the team and the recruits but the families you know because for a lot of these people are coming in they don't know anybody you want to feel like you're a part of a family and it's not just the players that want to feel that way and i know you can attest to this as well too jess it's not just it's everybody that gets to know the family. You know, you, you, you get to know guys' moms and their dads and their extended family, and that's that's what this place is all about. Oh, my gosh. I can, like, um, uh, Bobby Evans' dad, Bobby <laughs> Evans. Um, ever, I can't tell you how many times I'm like, hey, do you know where so-and-so is? And they'll <laughs> point them out for me because they all sit in the same spot. So the more I get to know the parents, the more I just, like, walk up there, and I'm like, hey, where is so-and-so's mom and dad? And then they're just like, Oh, right over there. See all the 81 jerseys or the 80 jerseys. And so it's kind of fun once you kind of, you know, once you know one, you really know all of them because if you're doing a feature on somebody else and you need to find them, it's easy after that. So, yeah, it it does. It really becomes a family within a family or outside of a family. And it's uh, that section that you see. I mean, it is, they are all um, close-knit, kind of cheering for each other. I thought that was cool. One thing about... um, Justin Broyles, I don't know how much anybody spent time with him, but he's got a huge personality, and you understand where it comes from after you meet his parents. And, uh, you know, talking to his dad, he was um, he was the grill master, and he was talking about how, you know, how cool it is that, you know, he's sitting, you know, uh, next to one guy, and he's, you know, maybe 
elbowing one guy for a big play, and then he might have to console somebody else, but then you turn around, and then he's elbowing them. And, you know, and, and it is. It's like they, they talk about how, um, it, and it truly is, because we had a camera up them uh, up there um, at the um, kind of following them around. Okay, so my I got a quick detour. Do We're it. talking about TCU travel plans with right. the staff, and there's a group text message with, like, 12 people, and my phone will not stop blowing up. So I'm like, are you guys kidding? Do you not know that I'm on the radio right now? Well, here, here's so, the other thing. is, is it's an, I, I'm not getting these texts, Jess. Am I not going to be part of the travel crew with you all? This is heartbreaking. I'm crushed I have right no, now. I, I feel like you kind of do your own thing. So uh, I don't true. know. It's kind of like the Sooner Vision because we have half people doing soccer. You and Chad made that flock, right? Uh, I don't know. Chad will probably change his mind uh, the week of. So I'm just whatever they need. I'm all about Jess. It's kind of where I stand right now. So I thought. Yeah, so, go so ahead. anyway, so it, it, it truly is like we had a camera up following them kind of during one of the games. And it really is. I mean, you you would think and it, yeah, you cheer for the team. But the way that the parents kind of cheer for the individual kids is really something special to see. And I just. You know, we had this talk with me, um, you know, every Monday, uh, the, some of the staff with uh, the recruiting and then some of our Sooner Vision staff and digital staff. And, um, you know, the traditions, the, it's, and, and Annie Martin, or Martin, that was her, Annie Hansen has kind of been the one that she said that too, just kind of the traditions that you see, some of the things that the house just, um, you know, special, the family atmosphere is. And these are people that have been other places I've talked about it's just not the same everywhere. And so I think that's one thing that they really wanted. Those are the things they really want to highlight. And, of course, kids love videos and seeing the videos of it. You know, I've done a couple different recruiting videos for them for, um, you know, whoever that might be, whatever it might be that they're looking for that week. But, you know, that's kind of one of the big things is to highlight some of the things that, you know, a lot of programs don't have. You know, it's really cool. The focus, and maybe an, another time, maybe even next week, Jess, we can go more in depth. But I don't think people really truly understand the machine that works behind the scenes. That's led by guys like Coach Hill and led by guy people like Annie Hansen, uh, Chip Viney. It's a pretty incredible group that works nonstop. I know Jess, you work a lot with them, just to make sure that the best foot is put forward on the recruiting trail. You know, and and it is. But it, I mean, it's it's you got to be strategic about it. You got to kind of think about, you know, what you might need for any given week. And you know, this week is big, and everyone you know might not understand. Like, might think, oh, they're putting out a bunch of stuff because you know they're coming off a loss. But no, it's it's a huge recruiting week this week. And so you know, you think about some of the things that maybe go into strategically, and then maybe certain. certain some of the certain kids that you're thinking about, maybe you're targeting, you know, and, and, um, you know, what graphics, what, you know, you think about when we're playing UCLA, you, they did it. You saw the cool graphic with the California, um, the California kids. And then with the Texas, there's, there's, um, so many kids from Texas, you know, you, you focus kind of on that. So there's certain kind of strategies behind certain things that they do. And, you know, those guys are as behind and, and, and a part of it and thinking about, because, you know, we don't know. That's one thing, and I've said it multiple times. You know, I try not to know anything about the recruits until they get here because I'm not supposed to talk about them or, you know, anything like that. So 
um, you know, that we kind of rely on them to let us know kind of what we need, and then we kind of help them execute that. So, yeah, I mean, I think I, I've been really um, proud to be a part of, you know, this. I feel like we've have a um, pretty well-oiled machine now, and the way we communicate and work together as a team, and um, so many people are involved and do kind of want to go above and beyond. And, and it is, it's, it's not just, Hey, I got to do this this week. I mean, it is, we're thinking about, and the people that are involved are thinking about, okay, we got to help how we can to bring in these next big time recruits. And so it's kind of like, you feel like you're a part of maybe helping that a little bit, obviously not anywhere near close to the caliber of uh, some of those other people, but at least, you know, you kind of feel like maybe you're helping out in a little small way that, um, and you want to be a part of that. And, and Lincoln Riley, again, is a part of that as well. You know, he's, you hear it all the time, but you know, Chris, you know how great it is to work around him and for him. And, you know, the way he kind of inspires people to, to be a part of that and to want to be a part of that. I mean, it's, it's true. And it goes from, you know, those coaches, it goes from the players and it goes to support staff that, like me, who I don't have an office over there, but the little bit that I do, I want to be a part of it, you know? So I think that's kind of what's been neat to be a part of this year, especially. All right. Hey, Jess, real quick, can you uh, can you give us a snapshot of what you've seen so far at women's hoops practices? We had the big Jordan jersey. I guess it's, it's been unveiled for a while, but we talked about it a lot on Spotlight yesterday. But uh, you've been impressed with what you've seen from Coach Cole's crew so far, haven't you? Oh, my gosh. You know me. I'm giddy. Um I'm, like, so excited that it's time and that we're talking about it. I went out to um, – so today I'm really going to sit out there all day at women's practice. Uh, we've got our spotlights coming up at um, men's and women's basketball in the next few weeks. And so, um, you know, kind of wanted to well, take advantage of the bye week and watch them. So I watched a little bit of women's yesterday. And even just in the, like, 20 minutes that I watched, the energy is off the charts. And – you know, you've heard Coach Cole say it, and you've heard players talk about it, but until you really see it or witness it, it, it really is. It is off the charts. And it is crazy how fast, how athletic they look. They've got some young players that I know they're really, really excited about that have, you know, haven't been shy about getting right in there and, um, you know, wanting to roll right away. We, You know, I think it kind of reminds me a little bit of when those um, freshman softball players were here and, oh, well, you know, maybe they need a couple of years to really develop. And it's just kind of, no, nope, they're hungry and they're ready to be good right now. And, you know, and granted, it is just the preseason. But, um, you know, I, I totally have been just geeked out about following this recruiting class that Sherry has had, top five in the country. And, boy, right now they look it. I mean, it is – and I, I was talking with Chad about it. It is amazing what it looks like when you've got, you know, a four-star, five-star recruit out there. Especially in basketball, you just see it immediately, you know. So um, it's an exciting group. I know coaching staff is very excited about it. I'll get to watch them here the next couple of uh, couple of days um, and into next week get to see them a little bit more. But I'm excited about it, and I think Sooner fans can be too. Man, I'm excited for Sherry Cole's team. Equally excited for Lon Kruger's team. Ticket information is available right now at Soonersports.com slash tickets. You'll want to be there inside the LNC all season long. Going to be a very exciting season. And, of course, a lot of tickets to the men's basketball non-conference games. The women's basketball team is available with the one pass. Go to Soonersports.com slash one pass. All right. It might be a bye weekend for football, 
but it's a huge weekend for the Sooner Volleyball team. They've won back-to-back conference games, winning at Iowa State last Wednesday. And then this past Wednesday night, they knocked off Texas Tech, who was sitting at second in the Big 12 Conference. They were receiving votes in the top 25, and they were able to pull it off because Alyssa Inneking was on fire. And as we get set for OU Texas on Sunday night, the senior outside hitter from League City, Texas, joins us here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Alyssa, congratulations. Great performance on Wednesday night. What really clicked for you? I know it had been a struggle in the match against uh, Iowa State. I know you didn't hit it the way you wanted to against Baylor. What really clicked for you on Wednesday night against Texas Tech? Yeah, thank you so much. Um, I think it was just – I well, first of all, I love playing Tech. I have a couple friends over on that side of the net that um, I just really enjoy playing them. But I think after the first set, um, we really just – we decided, you know what, we actually do want to win this game. And um, we all came together, we linked arms, and we went to war. What has this process been like for you with a new team, essentially, uh, a new mm-hmm. coach – but yet, at that same vein, there's still some veteran leadership. So it's not in it's not a complete whitewash. But there's still yourself, and there's still Morgan Miller is there. And I know there's a couple of the uh, the Morgan Dressers of the world that are on the bench, but still providing leadership. What's this experience been like with a new coach and almost a new supporting cast, Alyssa? Yeah, I think it's been um, a little bit of a joint effort between us seniors and the new coaching staff um, to try to balance out the. Um, the direction of the new program and, and building this this new era that Oklahoma volleyball is going into. But um, us seniors also get to step in every once in a while and say, hold up, we have a um, an Oklahoma tradition that we really want to keep around. Um, so, I mean, like, just for instance, after the first game that we had, we didn't sing the, um, the fight song after the game, and I immediately went up to coach, and I was like, we have to do that. No matter what game it is, like, we have to go sing that. And she was like, oh, of course, I'm on it. So, it's just definitely a joint effort um, between keeping the tradition but also making sure this program's heading in the right direction. How has that relationship been between you and, and Lindsay, you and Coach Gray Walton, Alyssa? Um, she has given me a lot of freedom and just really entrusted. Um, she's, she's given me a lot of trust, and I think that's one of the biggest compliments. I say it all the time. A biggest, the biggest compliment a coach can give you is that they trust you and they have confidence in you. So um, she's really – helped me out by making me feel comfortable even though it's a whole new program new um situation she really just lets me go and play free and and kind of just um play the volleyball that i know how to i was watching her last night it seems like she's almost having as much fun as you guys on the court but in that i've always appreciated your energy and your passion and you've joked before how sometimes you have to learn how to control it just a little bit. But, Alyssa, when you're going like you are last night, there's no controlling that energy or that passion. So how important is that for you to bring that kind of intensity and that kind of leadership from an energy and the fist pumping and the yelling and trying to keep everyone up? How important is that to you? Um, I think it really just ensures confidence in the rest of my girls. I think if I'm conf- confident, so will the rest of them be, whether you're a freshman or a junior. Um, I think that's really important in the game of volleyball because it's a a very mental game. Um, There is some skill involved to it. Obviously, that's why we're here playing D1 volleyball. But at the same time, even the most skilled player can't play if they're not confident in themselves. So I think that um, my energy and my just cockiness that I have on the court, I think it really ensures the rest of the girls that, that we can do this and we're good and we can win this. 
How important for you, or maybe not important, important's not the word, I'm sorry, Alyssa. How much of a challenge was it for you to, to, to have that confidence from early in your career and carry it over? Because, you know, you battled through injuries, you battled through adversity, you've had a lot of things happen that could easily ding your confidence, but how have you been able to maintain it? Um, I think it started all the way back from the very beginning. I mean, um, when I was uh, maybe like 12, 13, when Morgan Miller and I were playing together as kids, um, I was always kind of counted out because I was the smaller girl and um, and I had to become a hitter by accident and everyone just doubted me and they said, you know, you're, you're too small to be a, an outside hitter. Maybe you should try doing something else. And I was like, you know, I'm going to do what I want. I, I really like it. I'm, I'm going to strive for it. So I've made that decision, and ever since, it's um, every obstacle feels like a grain of sand. You know, it just feels like something that um, that I've been working for. I love challenges. I love obstacles being put in my course because that's just something that I can do. It's something that I can have fun with on the journey. Well, you got to tell me that story, Alyssa. How did you become a hitter by accident? So when I was about, oh, I was playing. I played up in club volleyball so like I was 11 playing on a 13 year old team like I was always doing that and Morgan Miller and I were playing together we were running um we were both playing setter so like she would play through rotations as setter then I would play and um they asked me the club asked me to go play a couple tournaments with another team because they had lost a setter I was like oh yeah for sure I'll help them out and the club just assumed that I would want to stay on that team and that I wouldn't want to go back to my girls. And I was, I mean, I was kind of shocked. I was like, no, I'm, I'm a loyal teammate. You know, I want to go back and be with the girls that I started with. And so they were like, well, we already filled your setting position, but I mean, they need a hitter. You could try hitting. I was like, oh yeah, of course I'll try it. We'll see what happens. And here we are. <laughs> So, in other words, you go to play for someone else. You think it's going to be short term because you'll be bouncing back to your other team. And by the way, by the time you go back to your other team, it's like, ooh, kind of filled that position, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. How cool was it to see Morgan have a big night last night? Double digit uh, kills for the first time this season. You guys played together. I don't want to get too carried away here, but almost day yeah. one, right when you started playing volleyball, that had to be pretty awesome to see her play the way and hit the way she did last night. Yeah, Morgan and I definitely have a, a little bit of um, competition between us. We love egging each other on and um, seeing what we can get out of each other. So it was really awesome to see her come out. I've been waiting for that from her all season. I think that she's she's an amazing player, and I expect 10-plus kills out of her every night from now on. Every time she steps on the court, I, I have confidence in her, and I know that she can play her heart out. What what drove you, Alyssa? I know we're kind of getting deep in the old uh, volleyball resume here, but what drove you to volleyball? You're incredibly athletic. You probably could have played about any sport you wanted, but what drove you to volleyball? Um, my sister is my biggest role model in the world, and she she's about 10 years older than me, so when she was in middle school and high school, she was trying all these sports, and everything that she would try, I'd go up to mom and dad and be like, I want to do that one. I want to try that sport. And... When volleyball came around, it just stuck. I don't know. There was something about it that it was so fast-paced, and um, I just love the, the energy about it. Every point is a whole new game, essentially. I mean, you you can win one point with a huge block, but the next, you know, anything could happen. I think it's it's a totally – it's 
not a guessing game, but it's a it's a mystery what each point's going to be. How cool was it to be able to then go surprise Jesse? What a couple weeks ago, or was it last week? Yeah, I think it was it was last weekend. Um, we got the weekend off. It was essentially for OU Texas, so we could go cheer on our football boys. But I couldn't resist the, the urge to go see my sister because we have a really close relationship, and it was really awesome to go surprise her. How fun is it to see that support between sports? Last night I saw one of the first people to give you kudos was Jamani McNeese, and obviously you've been at a lot of football games. You're at a lot of other events, Alyssa. How fun is that? How key is that to see student-athletes supporting other student-athletes? Yeah, I would say that Oklahoma um, Athletics has probably one of the closest and tight-knit families around. Um, we love every every sport from women's basketball to men's basketball to football, tennis, golf. We all love to um, to encourage each other, and sometimes we get a little trash talking in there, and, and try to bring out the best in each other. You know, um, like one of my best friends is on the basketball team, um, Christian Doolittle, and before every game, I'll kind of give him a challenge and be like, um, "I bet you can't pull out double digit points tonight." You know, just kind of bring out the best in each other. Uh, a couple of other quick ones, and I'll let you run, uh, Alyssa. You reached a thousand career uh, career kills. Last week, a couple weeks ago, I guess now, I don't know if you set a goal when you started at school and thought a thousand career career kills would be something you would want. Uh, I know whenever it first happened, you know, you just you, you kind of played it off and they paid homage to you before the match last night. And obviously uh, after a break, whenever it happened against, uh, I think it was Baylor. What does that mean to you? Uh, Kansas, excuse me. What does that mean to you? What does a thousand career kills in a in a career mean to you? Um, I think it it's a lot bigger than just a thousand kills. I think um, I would love to, when I finish playing, share my story with everyone and hope to inspire um, some girl somewhere that no matter what the obstacle, no matter what anyone says, you can do whatever you set your mind to. And I mean, I didn't necessarily have a goal to reach a thousand kills, but um, I think that's just part of who I am. I love to just play for the sport. I'm not really about the stats or, or trying to get, this certain amount of kills or anything. I just really love to play and, and play the best game that I can every time. And I think that just, it paid off in getting the thousand kills and it's something that I'll always cherish. Um, but I mean, it, it meant a lot to me that I got to do it at Oklahoma. I mean, this school means a lot to me. So I think being in the books here is, is something I'll cherish forever. That's awesome. All right, Texas actually got knocked off last night by Kansas. You guys played Kansas well. Does that give you some confidence heading into Saturday night? And I'll add to that, how how huge is it to have a great crowd? There's no football. There's no other events going on. Everyone should be out there at McCaslin on Saturday night, right? Oh, yeah, I'm really hoping we'll get a good crowd. Um, I'm hoping not to see too many burnt orange shirts, but, you know, it's going to happen. So <laughs> um, it's, it's a really big game for us, and I think that um, coming off two wins, in a row that we're going to have a little bit more confidence and um, a little bit of a chip on our shoulder and, and show that we have something to prove. And, and I mean, I guess I, I could say it's probably on my bucket list to beat Texas at least once. So I think to, this weekend is going to be a lot of fun um, with a new girl, new, new girls, new program. I think we, we really have a good chance. It's a really cool mesh on this team between newcomers and veterans. And you have seniors like, 
McLaughlin, the setter, Inneking, the outside hitter. Uh, they have seniors on the bench that kind of help provide some leadership. And then you look out there and it's a bunch of sophomores and a bunch of newcomers. So to, to see that mesh of youth and experience has been really fun. And boy, what an incredible job that, the, without a doubt, one of the more exciting young coaches on campus, Lindsey Gray Walton. What an incredible job she's done in really redirecting this program. So hope we see you Saturday night, Oklahoma and Texas. Again, my plea for tickets, Soonersports.com slash tickets. All right, we're back on, I guess you could say, a regular content schedule next week. On Tuesday, Toby will join me for the game plan. We'll have Jess in the featured podcast, which will return, talk about the defensive backs room and Kerry Cooks. Don't forget, as always, we have the live coaches show from Rudy's, which is available on the podcast, though. I don't know if I say live on the podcast. You, you get the gist. It's taped live. Live. We bring it to you Wednesday morning on the podcast. Coach's Corner will be available for download on the podcast, as will the tailgate, which drops every Friday morning, and the post-game show from the Sooner Radio Network. So have a great off week. Hope we see you at McCaslin Fieldhouse on Saturday night. Until then, Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.